Hello and welcome to the Fencing Podcast. I'm Gavin. And I'm Sean. And I'm Kate. And here we are, it's episode 61. Uh, so we're back, the gang is all back together again. We had a quick catch up, when was it, last week? And mm. there's been some fencing action in the in the middle of that. So today's all going to be about uh, all the sabre action from Budapest. But before that, let's thank our sponsors, Liam Paul, you guys rock. They do indeed, I got, I got a nice... Uh... Nice email from, from Ben Paul the other day. Oh, did you? Wishing us well. Oh. So nice to hear from him. Yes, yeah, so I actually need to email, uh, email, email him about something separate. It's uh, an equipment repair. And uh, I'd like to thank all of our patrons as well, because you guys also rock. They do. They, they rock. Well, I think we've established as much as Liam Paul, mm-hmm. and that's that's no small compliment. Indeed, indeed. Unfortunately, the boat's in dry dock right now because of COVID. We're not allowed on it. Can't do anything with yeah, it. Yeah, I know. So, still going to keep it maintained though for you know for when those days return. We're right. going to be sailing around the Mediterranean at once again. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Um, so let's let's talk about Sabre then. Did we all watch um, Sabre from Budapest last week, the World Cup? Uh, yeah, we did. Well, I did anyway. Uh, I certainly watched loads of the individual. I watched a bit less of the teams because uh, my initial sort of burst of enthusiasm for things coming back to action was. Uh, Kind of quelled a little bit after a couple of days, but yeah, I watched quite a lot of it. Kate, presumably, you were <laughs> attached to a laptop pretty much yeah, all weekend. That was on, my whole weekend. My whole weekend was Sabre stuff. I was, yeah, you could not have dragged me away. I was all I watched. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did find a few other things to fill fill my weekend in with, but yeah, it was good and uh, weird seeing the, the same hole from the World Championships from well, what, 18, uh, 20 months ago now, virtually. Looking the same in a lot of ways, but a few kind of key differences. No crowd yeah. for the first part, uh, and little things like no, uh, no little volunteers wheeling the fences bags to peace side yeah. and, and stuff like that. Uh, face masks. Uh, yeah, face masks for fencers to some degree. Yeah, I think yeah. if they weren't fencing, um, they had to wear one. If no, yeah, right. if they weren't fencing, they had to wear one. Does it? Yeah. Does anybody um, know why there the was? A, does anybody know why there was a car in the hall at the end? Yes, I was uh, wondering this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, the no, a bit of free advertising here. Apparently, their uh, car company Seat are a, a sponsor for Hungarian fencing. Awesome! So it was one of their cars uh, in the in the finals hall. Oh, I was wondering if the winner would get a free car. I was like, wow, that's that's, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, not not that handy if like you're Osanguk and you have to drive it home to Korea. That's going to be. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, less less convenient. Well, there was a there was a junior comp where uh, I think it was in Pisa. If you won, you got a moped. Yeah, yeah, that's a long running thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they're banking on an Italian winner there. <laughs> but no, it was yeah. a okay. So, um, so Kate, it's uh, it's time for the the Kate Deacon show. Tell us all about the saber. All about saber. Um, yeah, we finally have some saber to watch. Um, and if you haven't watched it, I would highly, highly, highly recommend everybody go watch it. Um, Gav watched it and he said it was really good. He said it's his favourite weapon ever. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. not quite, not quite. But yeah, see you, you're paraphrasing uh, slightly there. Bending the truth. Um, yeah, so if I'll start with the results, uh, we'll go with Men's Sabre. We have Bazadzi and Zabo in third, Zalagi second, O in first. I cannot remember the score in the final, but it is, I think it was a 14 all one. It was a, it, it was, was a fifteen fourteen yeah. yeah it was it was a f- wasn't one you could bet on I don't think 
It was it no. was a very close one. one. Yeah, it's kept on going yeah, either e- way. Even the final, even the final hit went on for, uh, you know, for a, a saber hit went on forever, yeah. <laughs> and both fencers had kind of multiple opportunities to to finish it off and take the win. Mm-hmm. But I think that for me, the standout performance is probably Zabo, um, German, from probably not the. I don't know if he's what you would call the strongest of the German team, but it's normally you'd say Hartung in the middle uh, positions. Hartung comfortable. He's he's second or third in the world rankings yeah. at the moment. But he went out really early, actually. I think did, in yeah. the sixty-four or thirty-two. I think it was the thirty-two, but yeah, fairly early in the day. Yeah, and some surprising exits from Homer and Apathy as well in some of the earlier rounds. But yeah, he yeah. fenced amazingly. I would highly recommend. And um, Bazazi in third place, I already said. Yeah, watching the last time I think I saw Bazazi fencing was in Montreal. Right. And I think when right. I watched in Montreal, he was, you know, he had, a referee, he had a referee issue. He got a sore hand. He had an issue with the, the fencing. But I don't think he managed to get a chance to have any princess tantrums in the fight against Salaki. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't. Didn't get a, a word in edgeways in that one. So yeah, I mean, the two semi-finals were were both pretty straightforward in the yeah. men's. That's uh, right. What, both fifteen nine, I think it was, as a as I recall. There was never much doubt about who was going to win either of them. But it did set up, a, you know, a, a tremendous final. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. I think if even for a, a even for a saber peasant like me, it was thoroughly <laughs> enjoyable. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people were saying if that's the Olympic final, then it's going to be a good final, and I completely agree. I want to see those two battling it out for sure. Yeah, I think I think it probably is the final that most neutrals would want. It's the uh, well, I, I think I'm, I'm going to necessarily say, one and two in the rankings, but I'm going to say that I thought Aaron was uh, was the wizard again, like with like absolutely some of the stuff he was yeah. pulling off against O was like how what because because had demolished his opponent in the oh who was it which one did we just talk about was, it, was he Zabo or was he Bazadze I can't remember. I uh, beat Sabo. And Sabo, beat Sabo, yeah. and he completely demolished him. It wasn't wasn't mm-hmm. much in it, um, and O started off looking like it was going to go that way with uh, with uh, Isilagi, uh, but he was just Isilagi was just able to. Uh, how do you how do you put this? It was the hits where he was just put, putting his saber at basically Noah's face and saying, "Come on," and then just yeah. remusing straight into him. I was like, "Oh, clap, clap, clap!" Very, I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I think they're both they're both Mr. Cool when it comes to the piece. You know, they've got the ultimate control. Um, if you're fencing O, you have to you can't just step into the middle and try and do something because he's got a five meter lunge. Um, and Zalagi's control of the middle was spectacular. You know, if he he, I think you could probably say textbook fencing, the way he was pulling stuff off. Um, but yeah, I'm not. Is that a spoiler? I don't know. O's counter attack. Is the the nicest counter attack sneaky as well? I think Rob Cordron would probably call it filthy. Yes, <laughs> he would. Yeah, that's, uh, that's his uh, ultimate praise for for any any hit over the weekend. Yeah. I think it's it's not like the it wasn't like one fencer was better than the other. I think they were equally really mm. well matched in it. It was a really good final to watch. Um, then moving on to the ladies' saber, the women's saber. Uh, in third place, we have Yoon and Pustai, second Berder and winner Anna Marton of Hungary. I think both weapons had some really surprising performances. 
and well-earned places and some really surprising early departures as well. I don't know. Yeah, for the, yeah I, certainly were. Well, as we said, a couple of uh, couple of absentees with the, the top two Russians yeah. in the well, arguably the top two Russians in the, uh, Valakia and uh, Igorian mm-hmm. not being there for uh, one reason or another. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. Carlan went straight out in the 64. Yeah, that's the most no- yeah, notable one. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carlan, 1514 to Matuzak. And Stone as well went out in the... Oh, yeah, indeed, yeah. In the 64. I think it's difficult because uh, I think this the fences were able to train and have national competitions were the ones who were able to have better results, I think. Yeah. I think that's probably yeah, it's it. It's kind of inevitable. Clear correlation with that one um stand-up performances in the women's saber probably Yuna's for me i was watching um balzar a lot of balzar's fights because i really like the way she fences and i really like the french team's fencing in general so i really thought i really expected her to have a good day and she did have a good day from mm. you know not having um i think she was injured for quite some time and hasn't had that breakout has she had a breakout a good result yeah i feel like she's not really she's been mm, she's on the cusp uh, i mean she 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 blew her knee out at the world championships in 2017 yeah and then was out altogether for quite a long time i think probably more than a year and has been kind of steadily working her way back up the rankings with you know kind of good steady results rather than anything that makes you go you know, wow, she's yeah. you know a world beater again. But last eight here was a you know good 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 result for her. Yeah, she put Pascu uh, out as well, nice quite comfortably actually. It was fifteen nine, I want to say fifteen eight. Yeah, I was a Something really like yeah, it wasn't close. Yeah, especially because Pascu's the one to hopefully get the European spot for qualification. But yeah, Balzar, and then she came across Yoon, a third uh, bronze medalist. Just yeah, great performance from Yoon, and also she put out Brunei as well with some. Uh, interesting last hits, I would say, is the best way to put it. Oh, okay. Interesting. I, I didn't see that. That doesn't seem. Yeah, it was. Oh, um, I can't. Re- it's, it, that's the only thing I can really remember the, from the fight. So there's a point where they're in the middle. There's the sort of both in and out fighting for right of way. Yoon picks up right of way, and it looks like Brunei's trying to make a false short, so she's retreating, and there's a sort of a scuffle. Where either Yoon is hopping in the air or she's stopping and Brunei's picking up the attack or she's, you know what I mean, she's either stopped and Brunei's yeah. attacking or it's still her attack, attack, counter-attack. And, you know, both women go crazy for the hit and the referee looks at video and calls it together, which is a surprising one. I, you know, I always expect them to be able to... Separated. It's going to be one or the other, really, hasn't it? Yeah. With one like that. So they didn't um, didn't call it, and then I think the last hit, Brunei just for me looked really rubbish from her. <laughs> I say that in the best. <laughs> it's a bit uh, subjective, but no, it wasn't her best. The last hit, I think she she fell short, which is you know, Brunei's known for her c- control. So yeah, so good performance for Yoon. And Pustai as well, putting out uh, Mara Zagunis, another nail-biter, if you want to watch that one, um, who I think Mara Zagunis beat her uh, Pustai in the final of Athens, the last competition we had in 2019. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Another one. And 
great performance from Berdea, but pipped to the post by Marton in the final. But she looked kind of um, tired in the final. So for me, Marton is old school and Berdea is creative, um, would throw something in, you know, to mess up Marton's style. But she just didn't, she looked like she was running low. Don't know what it was. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, um, Berdea is one of my two favourite uh, women's superstars to watch. Sorry, three, including yourself, Kate, and the other one being old for Carla. Um, but in the final, she she looked—I don't know—out of sorts. All, pretty much all the sort of adventurous, exciting things that she tried, which regularly disrupt an opponent, score hits, yeah. and create doubt in the opponent's mind. None of them worked. Mm-hmm. It was like you know, yeah. all, all all the tricks failed, Wasn't... and as a result, she lost the fight fairly comfortably in the end. Yeah. Uh, which was a you know, it's a pity. It's a bit of a uh, an anti anti climax of a you know. I mean, Marton's For somebody in a final that I enjoy watching, and that this was kind of uh, that's that's not great. It's not a great way to finish yeah. the day, but yeah, you know, still a still a good result. I mean, France have not had any competitions, unlike various other places, so so their preparation's not been as good as some other countries. So that you know, second's a pretty decent result, probably. Yeah, I, I thought uh, Marton was very strong with her point lunge, very yeah. strong. Every time uh, Berda came anywhere near her, she would just pop into that lunge, and Berda would be oh. On the end, of the, on the end of the point, basically, yeah. she, was really, she was really struggling to cope with that. Yeah, Berdo is normally really creative in the middle and likes looking for parries, likes you know setting up second intention. But I think the actions she tried would have worked. <laughs> Here's me giving advice to Berdo. Um, but I think she was too big in her actions. So you know when she's mm-hmm. trying to find, yeah. she's trying to find the point. She's just she's either holding holding it in her shoulders so it's not down in the leg. She's not got that control. And she's just going for a bigger action. I think that's a misconception in Sabre. Not not saying that Bordeaux is not fencing properly, but you know everyone thinks, oh, you've got to go faster and you've got to go bigger and hit hard. But actually, the the more controlled and smaller the action is, like um, mm-hmm. Martin was with that point, is going to be way ahead of any you know big fast blitz attack. And I think that's what yeah. was happening. That Bordeaux is going in was going into the middle, looking for something. Or she's going for that big attack and her hand's just too big and Martin's just catching on preparation. So mm. yeah, I think I think they've I think I've seen them fencing before, and it was the other way around that Berdea won just from being creative and throwing things into throw up Martin. But Martin just kept her game really simple and small and sharp and like Gav said in the point it was a really nice way of fencing. So, yeah. a similar... so, so to summarise your your view on Sabre, it's, it's precision that generates the speed, not the speed yeah. that generates the speed. Hundred percent. So there's a bit of top uh, top Sabre cliche for and you. And I think Marton looked um, like really strong, like really. She's quite a sm- not. I don't want to say skinny, but she's quite a slight fencer, but because she's quite tall, but she looks like she's got a bit of muscle mass in her legs. When I was watching her fence, mm-hmm. so might have made a difference. Yeah, and, she, and she's a fencer as well that hadn't. Uh, Hadn't won for a while. I mean, I think her, yeah. her last win was back in twenty eighteen. Sort of. So those first kind of couple of seasons after the Olympics, she looked uh, really strong and sort of one of the one of the big names. And her form had kind of dipped over the last couple of seasons. Yeah. But uh, yeah, good to see her back with a win and and looking a uh, well. Obviously, you win. You got You could think well, Olympics aren't that far away. You know, is she a a realistic contender again? Mm-hmm. I think I remember her in juniors and she was winning everything um like i think i think my first year of juniors she won the 
the um, Europeans and the Worlds in the same year. And I think right. when she was a cadet, um, and I was a cadet as well, she did something similar as well. So, yeah, uh, but then a bit of a dip. And I remember in the Euros last year, I think she... I watched her fight to get into the last eight or the semi-finals, and she was elated because I think she'd really struggled to get any further um, because she's capable. She's definitely a capable fencer. It's just sometimes, whether it's a mental thing or whether it's just their day, yeah. So, yeah, good good on her. I thought it was quite... It was quite what I'm going to say is that I thought her game, play, her game management was very strong. Yeah. That's what struck me when I was watching it because... It was a, her defeat of uh, Pusta was very similar to Berda. It was very smart all the way through. So Pusta coming in and trying to do all her usual things, and she, but Martin was very calmly just dismantling it. Like, yeah. no, I'm not having this. And her again, I'm not having that either. Bang. So I thought I thought that was the thing that really struck me was her game management was absolutely, absolutely spot on. Definitely. Um, so onto the onto the teams. Okay, we've got. I'm not going to just read results, but. I think the teams were men, both men's and women's were surprising wins. So Russia winning in the final, beating Germany, and the the best team final I think I've ever seen in women's saber was Italy being put out by Poland. Yeah, it was immense, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> it was. It was so enjoyable to watch. I think it is the result of just sheer determination from the Polish team. Yeah, I'll speak a bit more on it, but okay. Back to... No, actually, no, I'll just talk about it because that's all I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matizak had previously put out Carlan in the day, uh, in the the day before, but Matizak and Voto, or Voto, had, Voto had a... I think it was cramp injury that she had. So yeah. she had a, a sort of injury time and then came back to win the fight and... Yeah, I just I really enjoyed watching it. They their control of the middle. I mean the the fencing at the the Italians who you, you just wouldn't put it down on paper this final. No, definitely not. I mean Poland were oh they had no chance of qualifying for the Olympics no. coming in coming into this this event which uh, you know a lot, a lot of the, uh, the events of the weekend and the and the ones coming up are about who's going to who's going to Tokyo and uh, Poland had you know no chance and uh, Julie came away with the win I think you know perhaps because there was no yeah. no pressure on them I think you're right uh, that maybe helped I think that's I think that benefited them they just they went out and just fenced they didn't have to worry about you know do we have to win this fight or we have to win because this other team if they win then we won't qualify uh, yeah just watch it if anyone's if you got the chance to watch it. I would suggest watching it. I would say Matasak is a very tall fencer and I cannot remember being on the circuit and seeing her fence and think, you know what I mean? She's not one, she's not a name that comes to your mind when you think of the Polish yeah, I team. Yeah, she's a kind of decently ranked. Yeah. Um, now, we will talk a little bit about uh, who's going to be at the at the zonal qualifiers. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that Bianca Pascu missed out on qualifying as an individual through the rankings and will probably go into the um, European zonal qualifiers as favourite. Yeah. But Poland have got a choice to make now with uh, Matuszak putting in a pretty stellar performance at the weekend, particularly in the team, against the just marginally higher ranked and more experienced uh, Marta Puda. So that'll be, be interesting mm-hmm. to see who, who goes to... Uh, Madrid for the zonal qualifiers uh, for Poland. Oh, well, yeah, you've got to sit and wait for that one. I'm not sure when they yeah. are 
when we'll see the entries for that, actually. The competition's April 20... Yeah, towards the end of April. 23rd, something? Um, 24th, maybe? Yeah, somewhere around there. So we'll probably not actually see an entry. That, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I suppose the National Federations don't have anything to hide and if they're they're ready to make a decision about who's going, they might as well put it in put it in, in early. I suppose yeah, there's a possibility of somebody getting injured or you've already put their entry in. I don't know whether you can change your mind at the last <laughs> minute. But, uh, but yeah. It's a be, strong be case for Matasak anyway, whether or not... Certainly in current form. Yeah. yeah it is. And I don't but, think it was... Was it... Uh, because you'd look at it and think that Italy's the strongest team out of the two of them, but they just they just looked average, really. They just had mm. complete control. They were Matusek's got an incredible lunge, and then she'll miss, but then still get a remise in. And I think I think she was sensing Vecchi or Gregorio, and she just about worked out the game, but just didn't the re- yeah just go watch it. <laughs> I think <laughs> just go yeah. watch it. It's always our advice, here, isn't it? We can talk about it, but there's nothing, nothing be actually watching it. And uh, yeah, do you want to describe the last hit as well? In the, oh, it was messy. It was a messy hit. <laughs> it was absolute shambles. So <laughs> they had been competing for the middle, obviously in saber, and like I said, Matteo Sacks got this amazing attack in the middle. And what was happening was, I think it was Vecchi. Was was it Vecchi fencing? I feel like it was. Uh, yes, yeah, I think I'm was. pretty sure it was. Yeah, so she needs to dr- draw in the middle and make a full short, and then she can uh, take on prep. And it's 14 all, and they both go in and look for the same thing. And I think I think I was watching and thinking, they're either going to hit together or they're going to do something messy. Uh, and it was it was messy. It was a bit messy. It was messy, I think they, yeah. both, they both jumped, both looked for a parry, and then Matasak just hit her or found the blade and hit and just sort of forced forced her uh, blade onto onto the head. But yeah. Yeah, I think I think it was actually even scruffier than you described it. Yeah, I think it was uh, really quite a neat <laughs> description of it. There were some swords hitting more. each other, someone got one light, everyone cheered. There's, yeah. <laughs> but, but guys, <laughs> unless you're Italian. It, it doesn't have to be pretty, it just has to be effective. <laughs> I yeah. mean, 44 yeah, exactly. all, yeah, you just want that one light. Who cares? So. Yeah. No, no style prizes. No. Exactly. <laughs> so tell us about the men's teams because uh, they were, well, again, they were a bit weird as well. A slightly, well, maybe slightly yeah. less surprising winner, but. Uh, so I had. I, yeah, so a bit of a surprise. I actually. had my. I've only got the one laptop, so I had to sort of minimise all my windows so I could have, uh, so I could have both on at the same time. And the fights I was watching was the France v Germany, and Italy v Russia. So that was been. I think it was the last date. Or the semis. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because if, in terms of qualifications, that in order for France to go to to get qualification, they would have to finish higher than Russia. So Italy would have to win. Yeah, probably not just higher. If they'd both gone out in the in the last eight. Yeah. And let's say France had finished fifth and Russia had finished eighth that wouldn't have been enough they needed to get a basically a stage further yeah so when the two of them were going in the last eight if france had gone through to the semi-finals and russia had gone out france would have qualified mm-hmm. but uh they but didn't. they didn't no <laughs> and <laughs> russia won the competition so there you go yeah which i you know they fenced really really well um not the team i would have expected i would have thought it would have been well we had the we had what we would hope for an olympic final in the in the bronze match playoff the hungary versus korea which watching yeah, it, I it forgot really it wasn't the final. I was watching that. Oh, it was a good final. It's not the final. No, 
Yeah, because obviously you and I on the on the Sunday were were joining Dave Baker and uh, Kareem Bashir on their uh, kind of fencing social. Yes, and uh, <laughs> it was really weird at the end of the the bronze medal match between Korea and Hungary. It was like. Oh yeah, and there's a final as well. <laughs> kind of almost, almost forgotten about that. Oh, that's likely to be a bit of an anti-climax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, for me, Germany is a really strong team, and that's who I was expecting to win. And I've never, um, I don't know. I think it's my own ignorance. I've not been paying enough attention to the the men's Russian men's team. I think it's just because I'm a, a female fencer. So I'm just going to be watching the on the women's the women's saber is going to be on my radar. Yeah, good performances from Ibragimov and Reshetnikov. And I cannot remember, the younger of... He's only just come out of juniors, and I cannot remember his name. Uh, Lokhanov. Lokhanov. Uh, they're making, you know, eight-foot Germans fall short in the middle. That's respect. Yeah. <laughs> they just... <laughs> the Huber's had a really good performance, but a lot the... So a lot... The thing that happens in Sabre a lot is the sort of... They're both looking to make the other fall short and win right of way. And the Germans are sort of half a beat behind the Russians. So they're sort mm-hmm. of going uh, in and then out and then in. Oh, oh, yeah, I've got a move now. And the Russians have already, they've already done it in that time. This just seemed a lot yeah. heavier on the, heavier on the feet, heavier on the feet, slow on their feet in comparison to the Russians who are just playing a really sharp, simple game. So yeah, mm. can't beat it. Yeah, it's one of those things where you don't know exactly how people's preparation has been and, uh, in the pandemic, you know how much how much training they've been able to yeah. do, how much competition. It's all sort of behind closed doors. Because um, I know I know Russia has had has held competitions, and while Germany's had a kind of few invitational you know, sort of German Masters type yeah. things, kind of invitational events with small numbers, they've not had sort of full size competitions. Whereas I know that Russia have held their their national championships. Mm-hmm. So you know they've been they've been able to to by the sounds of it have have better preparation than. And most perhaps. Yeah, I think I've said it. Uh, I said it when we were watching the live. Actually, that the I think you can have a team that's got really good individual performance, but but that doesn't necessarily make a good team or a team result as well. Yeah, and, we've talked about yeah. this before. Yeah, yeah. It's the some. It's the some of the the components that make the team. So you can have you can have the the Italian all stars, but they perform really badly as a, as a team. For yeah. example, that would be that would be one of the, one of the comments I think we've made in the past. Yeah, no, I think or, it's true. Or you can have, you can have the, the eclectic mix of the Swiss epi team, who are individually <laughs> like in the epi terms they're, they're good, but they're not brilliant. But as a team, they're phenomenal, absolutely brilliant. You know. Yeah. I love that even with a saber competition, Gav still managed to talk about epi. Good, well done. He'll <laughs> <laughs> always find a way. <laughs> there is a way. Uh, uh, yeah. What, what more can I say about the saber? I would, just watch it. Is all I can say to people. Just watch it. It's really exciting because I don't think I've paid this much attention to the senior circuit coming up to Olympic qualification. Like I think it's one of yeah, it does add an extra an extra edge to the whole weekend yeah. when there's so much at stake for for some of the teams, some of the individuals as well. Um, I suppose we probably should mention who's who's come out of the weekend well. Um, the in the women's saber, uh, the debate really was over. Well, there was a couple of things. Tunisia had to try and. Uh, hang on to the place in the top yep. 16 um, to claim the uh, African team spot, which they, they duly did. Um, so I was up bright and early on, on Sunday morning to watch uh, Tunisia beating Egypt, which is not something I really thought I would <laughs> I would ever find myself doing, but there you are. 
uh, Hungary and Ukraine were kind of fighting off for the uh, for the European yep. spot, and um, Hungary duly uh, took that. I think it's the first that time that they've been able to go to Olympics. Actually, the women's sabre team for Hungary. Well, not for the first time, yeah, but that's right. the one of the few times that they've qualified. No, I think no, I think it actually is is, it? is the first uh, because obviously women's sabre at the Olympics is yeah a relatively new. Things mm-hmm. so the sort of qualification process was already uh, more or less the same as it is now um, since women's sabre started appearing. This is the first time that uh, Hungary have qualified a team, so good on them because it would have been a shame to have well only one of Marton or or Pushtai yeah. at the at the games. Um, and what that does mean is that the sole Ukrainian going will be Carlan, mm-hmm. uh, which is a bit unfortunate for. Uh, some of our teammates will will not be able to go now. Yes, yeah, so in the men's the men's side of things. Russia, with their win, finishing ahead of Germany, means they they take the European spot yeah. as well. No um, France. And no France, yeah. yeah. So only only Apathy at the at the games. No no Anstet, which is a, yeah. a bit of a shame. I think the men's. I was kind of disappointed about the the French men's team. Actually, I was really expecting them to fence because I remember oh, I can't remember what one it was, but against Germany, I think it was at European Championships. They pulled out a, a comeback out of nowhere. So I was like, kind of expecting. Oh, that it. was at the World World Championships in twenty seventeen, and set against uh, Hartung. Yeah, yeah. He pulled back something like a twelve hit deficit. Um, amazing for Anstead, utterly soul destroying for for Hartung, who by the end of it looked like he'd almost entirely forgotten how to fence. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty painful. Yeah, I was expe- I was expecting that they did have a good leg from sights actually, but he I think he injured himself, which is a shame. I think if he hadn't, mm. they really could have. Maybe made a difference. Maybe that would have made a difference. Who knows? Yeah, the, the pandemic break I think didn't uh, no. didn't sit well with France, who were on a, a pretty good run of form. They looked miles off the pace for a lot of Olympic qualifying, yeah. and then kind of got their act together for the last couple of events to put themselves right back in contention. And then, yeah, everybody has a year off, and uh, Russia come back and win. <laughs> which, uh, yeah, disappointing if you're French, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then the Russian women's team didn't have such a great result, which you know you sort of expected them to have. A better result, but maybe it's the effect of not having Velikia and Agorian on the team. Even if they're not fencing on the team, you know, like certain members can really make or break a team. Just the support-wise of it. So yeah, I mean, a Russian a Russian team without those two isn't nearly as fearsome a prospect as a as a team that has mm-hmm. them. And uh, come the Olympics, they're only going to have one of them there because uh, no Agorian. So um, it'll be interesting to see how much more we have in the way of competitions. Um, the season uh, before the games, and if Valeria uh, is back in her form, and how the Russian team performs with with her in it. Yeah. I suppose the other thing we have to wonder about uh, competitions coming up is the number of uh, positive COVID tests from the weekend. Yeah. Apparently, well, I've, I've heard I've heard wildly varying figures on how many positive tests there were. Anything from uh, eight, I think, is the lowest number that I've heard. Uh, anything up to somewhere in the 20s. I heard 13. Now, That's the last, th- yeah. Yeah, that was another figure that I heard. So, but I don't know if that includes just fencers or team members or volunteers or, you know what I mean? If I don't know, but, you know, you were yeah, not... I think it's a bit of a mixture. Uh, predominantly fencers. Um, the the Japanese team, well, three, three of their fencers apparently yeah. tested positive. That's right. And uh, and one of their coaches as well, so they're still having to 
quarantine in Budapest for uh, a couple of weeks before they're allowed to, to fly back to Japan. They have to produce a, uh, a negative test again before they mm. can they can fly. Um, but by the sounds of things, there's been several others, and that's that's obviously a bit of a worry for for running more competitions later in the season. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, the also standout qualification for me is Bhavani Devi as well, first ever Indian fencer to qualify for the Olympics. I think that's yeah, all I've seen yeah. on my Instagram. All I've seen is her and her uh, her coach sharing, which is yes. great for them. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of big smiles yeah. here. Yeah, I'm really pleased. Um, I was at the Cadet and Junior Commonwealth in um, in Newcastle a few years ago. India made a really big impression there. Yeah. And uh, you know, talking to to their fencers and coaches, they seem uh, very serious. They're getting a bit of support from the, the Indian government to to develop more Olympic sports beyond their you know, well, the sort of traditional strengths of well, certainly certainly cricket's their 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 big yeah. one, uh, pretty big in hockey as well. But I would struggle to name a whole load of famous Indian sports people in in other disciplines. Yeah. So it's good to see that uh, India. Getting getting involved in the game and yeah. uh, Fanny Devi uh, leading the way with uh, qualifying yeah. for the Olympics, so it'd be really good for the profile yeah. of the sport. And in I'm India. really happy for because I know from competing, like I've I've trained with her a couple of times, and I know how much work and time that she put has put in. Um, I remember she because she's training in Italy, um, she hardly gets to see her family. I think the only time she gets to fly back to India is to sort of renew a visa type thing. Um, so she's right. you know she's will be training as much time as she can and it's paid off you know uh, her performances have just gone straight through the roof and I'm really happy for her yeah mm, that's yeah. good yeah definitely good news story so uh, I think that I think that sums it up from Budapest mm-hmm. any more to add uh, not not that I can think of no <laughs> something else yeah it was just good to see some fencing again yeah there you go Actually, yeah I mean, that, that was the that was the, the big thing really was yeah, having having fencing. Yeah. I did love that. Um, <laughs> apparently, that with the FIE rules of no screaming, did not work. <laughs> no, no, that was uh, that was going to last for no more than yeah, first couple yeah. of minutes. <laughs> but I think uh, there's a few other rules that the FIE are going to be implementing as well. Like piece size is one of them. I can't remember if there's any others as well. So I think they're thinking of uh, narrowing the piece. I'm speaking to Sam McClellan, who was doing a referee seminar with Valenchev. And there was talk of changing the width of the piece, which I think is really interesting because I think we did actually see someone fall off the piece. Oh, it's Berdair. Berdair fell off the piece. Uh, Berdair fell off the, the side of the piece. Yeah, certainly it's a, definitely an issue on the raised piece. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you could, you could argue the case, well, you don't need to make your piece wider, you need to make the platform <laughs> yeah. that, it's, that it's put on a bit wider. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I've heard that as well, that they're talking about narrowing the piece. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, yeah but the, the, in Japan, for Tokyo, the if it's the same layout... The actual platform's quite wide, so no one's gonna, right. no, literally, no one's gonna fall off that, right? It's, yeah, it's actually quite big. You know, they have to run off the edge. Uh, you know, it's, it's quite big. Have we seen what so, the the venue right. looks like? The... Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, I mean, is it like in yeah. public domain? <laughs> I don't know actually. Um... Yeah, if you can go and track down uh, video footage of the men's foil World Cup from from Tokyo last year. Then that's what it looks like. The basic layout, so the basic the, layout wouldn't change. Event. Yeah, the basic layout will be exactly the same. They were still talking about how they were setting it up in terms of screens and stuff, but that's the layout basically. Because I don't, I, I don't think I really like yeah. the layout for the Rio Olympics for the piece. I'm not sure if I. Well, 
Maybe it's different if is you're actually the in the venue. Was that, was that the weird diamond? Was that the angle yeah, it was the weird like cross and then the piece in the yeah. middle. Yeah. Yeah, it did look a bit odd, but I, I think it's... I mean, maybe that's partly because we're used to seeing a, an entirely familiar format and the, I think the angled piece was... It meant that they could have spectators capable of viewing things from basically all the way around the, the auditorium, which is why the angled piece works. I don't want to be that person that's like, oh, you don't like the layout of your piece, but I am turning <laughs> into that person. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm, by the way, my popcorn's not as crunchy as I'd like it to be as well. I don't. I don't agree with yeah. the colour of that pasta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But before we get before we get dragged into that about things that annoy us about competitions, <laughs> uh, let's let's move swiftly on uh, something that I meant to to cover in the the last episode when we didn't actually have any proper fencing to talk about yet was um, what else has been happening during the pandemic and uh, a couple of podcasts that I think are worth worth mentioning yeah. amongst uh, involving people that we that we know and like uh, so one with a suspiciously uh, familiar sounding name is is the fenced in podcast mm. uh, <laughs> with with Ben Peggs and, and Chris Mollard uh, to two British foilists uh, an interesting mixture of kind of training tips and interviews with interesting people and been been quite good good fun while uh, well, there's been no actual fence to talk about, so that, yeah, that's worth worth tracking down and, and having a listen. And another one that's not a fencing specific one, but it does has featured a few fencers in its episodes is the Japan Sports Stories with uh, Mike Salter, uh, former Suburban and current Sabre referee, um, along with a guy I don't know again, somebody called uh, Noel Thatcher, and that's been that's been good interviewing various people within Japanese sports. Uh, some of it will relate to the Olympics and Paralympics and, and other sports you perhaps wouldn't expect to find uh, happening very much in Japan, including cricket to Gavster Lake, so I know what a big fan he is of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, honestly, listeners, if you could see his, if you could see his face... <laughs> I, can't, I can't communicate worth, my disgust. Worth a thousand words. I, can, I can't, no. Cricket, no. <laughs> no. Uh, and the other thing uh, I found as well was a, a documentary film called Stroh, the Michael DeSaro story, uh, Desar was a, an American Sabrar and Sabre coach, read, led a, a thoroughly interesting life and a, a really good documentary that's been shown on various, well, obviously, remote online film festivals. And I, I really quite enjoyed it. And I would recommend tracking that down if you like a, like a bit of Sabre history from the sort of 60s and 70s in, a, in American fencing. It's a, kind of captured a, the feel of a, a different time from from what we are. What it was we're a different time all round. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, in lots of ways. So quite good fun. So yeah, I just thought I would mention all those bits and pieces of, of things for you to, if you've not found them already, still time to go and go and track them down. They're all out there. So what have we got next? More fencing. Kazan, the best, the best one. Kazan. More fencing. <laughs> it's going to be epi. <laughs> all right, yeah, and and being an epi event, obviously it goes on for days and days and days. That's just the pools. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, um, men's and women's Epi World Cup in Kazan in Russia, starting well very shortly after we uh, we finished recording this, and then continuing for well five full days of competition. I have to admit, I'm not going to watch <laughs> so all of Friday, it. <laughs> Friday, you've got the men's pools and preliminary days. Saturday, you've got the women's pools and preliminary days. Sunday, you've got everybody last sixty four down to a winner. Monday, 
You've got Monday. Sorry, what? Monday, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but there's more. <laughs> Monday, you've got teams from the last thirty-two down to the last eight, and then on Tuesday, you've got last eight through to a winner. Hey, what? And and by that time, if you've not watched yourself to death watching watching Epi, uh, you're you're a stronger person than I am. It's <laughs> so, a lot of a lot of days fencing. I, I'm not gonna watch all of this. I can't. I don't have I don't have time for a start. But like, that's what it's all about, guys. That's why Epi's the best. Why is that supposed to be an Epius? Right? It's because it's the, the sheer best. value for money that you yeah. get it. Exactly. Yeah, but also really yeah. huge. One saber fight. What a minute? A minute's worth of actual fencing. One one Epi match. Listen, well, I can see my days. I don't think I've ever done a competition on Tuesday. That sounds sounds like heresy. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm yeah, not going to take exactly. any more abuse out of somebody who likes concrete. Uh, not concrete. I likes cricket. I mean, cricket goes on for literally for days, and then it's a draw. It's always a draw. It can be. Yeah, it's five yeah. days. Yes, five. I mean, literally five days. Of cricket a draw. can go on. Yeah, the very longest a game of cricket can go on is as long as this epic competition. Five days <laughs> is your absolute maximum, and frequently it's much much quicker than that. Whereas this will definitely go on until Tuesday evening. <laughs> What can I say, Gav? What can I say? But at least it's not cricket. That's, that, that's, that's the important thing here. No, but okay. I'm well, looking to it yet. That's like the ultimate would you rather. Would you rather five days of cricket or five days of epi? <laughs> oh, easily epi. That's, that's a genuinely tough choice yeah. for me, actually. I must say. That's a tough crowd. Okay, so I think we're about done for uh, for this time, but we'll have... Uh, all the action from Kazan when we when we next meet up, or will we? Well, maybe it may still be good. It's hard to say. I might be, I might be like that. Guy. It might be like you know the you know in Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. I might be like that that night that they find in the cave, yeah. look in the cave, and he's sitting there drinking from a cup. The epi's still going, guys. What are you doing? <laughs> yep, could well be. Yeah. Uh, so yes, yeah, so don't forget to follow us on all these social medias. We're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and follow them. We've got our website, which is thoroughly in need of an update. I realised the other day. Yeah, it does need to be a bit of a tidy up. But yeah, do pop in there. It's your excuse yeah. to procrastinate from whatever you're doing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to choices more time. Choices tracking us down on social media or visiting our website or doing some work or studying. Social media. You know which one it is. Exactly. <laughs> Social media. I'll be on the Twitter desk with my finger over the gift button. It's been it's been a while. <laughs> that is that is your Twitter speciality and and rants. Rants. That's the thing. That's the other thing. I, I think actually what I might do is I might gif Kazan. Let's see if I can get against a habit. I might what every day I'll, I'll find a gif for Kazan. Gifts with no context. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be something very slow moving and uh, it takes a long time, like glaciers, Sloths, snails. snails. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, sloths, as a, as all a, those things. Sean, as I pointed out the other day, you know what Epi's like. Nothing happens, and then it all happens suddenly. The, the, it's the, well, the build up is is the beauty of it. It's like a flower opening, right? right? It takes forever, and all of a sudden you have a flower. It's beautiful. Well, I'll, I'll look forward to that part. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when it happens. I'll okay. be I'll be watching some cricket somewhere. <laughs> Right, okay, that's enough of that nonsense. Uh, until next time. It's goodbye from me. Bye. Bye.